0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. It's just going to be me and Alexis Downey on the show today. We're going to talk about her trip to Minnesota to watch and cover the Winter Classic. And we're going to talk about the other stories around the NHL and the teams to watch going into 2022. We've got that and a lot more. So let's get into it. So I'm obviously very into Twitter for anyone that follows me. And anyone who listens to this show knows that I'm always on Twitter. And lately I've been seeing a lot of controversy and a lot of conversation talking about how the Rangers can't beat the best teams in the NHL. And obviously the last two games against Tampa Bay Lightning – are a very good counter argument for that. I know the Rangers lost to Florida four to three in Florida on Wednesday night, but I think they had a pretty strong bounce back, beating Tampa in Tampa four to three on New Year's Eve and then beating Tampa last night for nothing, or yesterday, I should say, yesterday afternoon at twelve thirty. But yesterday four nothing at home with Vasilevsky in the net also. This is a rangers team that's shown a ton of resilience artemi panarin was announced unable to play due to covid 19 protocols right before the game yesterday and the rangers came out so Jet had a hat trick and they won four to nothing on a shout out from igor shesterkin shesterkin has been literally incredible this year one of the top five if not top three Always in the NHL all season. And as fans, we're very lucky because I've actually seen a lot of people tweet this, but especially Greg Kaplan and Ryan Mead, who I'm big fans of on Twitter and their podcast as well. I'll give a shout out to Blue Shirts Breakaway. But the two of them always tweet how lucky we are as Ranger fans to go from Henrik Lundqvist Right to Igor Shosturkin, we haven't really had any bad goalies in between. I know that gap between Richter and Lundqvist didn't really have many exciting goaltenders. So for our generation of Ranger fans, we are very fortunate to watch Lundqvist and now Igor Shosturkin. The Rangers have another big game tonight at home against the Edmonton Oilers, who have not been playing very well as of late. The Oilers have lost their last three in a row since the NHL went on pause. They lost to St. Louis 4-2, and then they lost to the Devils 5-4 in overtime, and the Islanders 3-2 in overtime. But anytime you play against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, there is always room for concern. I'm not concerned going into this game. I think the Rangers will win this one on home ice, but you really can't count McDavid and Dreisaitl out and the Oilers out ever. So this should be a really fun matchup. It's the only NHL game on tonight, so I hope a lot of people watch it. I will definitely be tuning in, but after tonight's game, the Rangers go on a little West Coast trip. They are in Vegas on Thursday, the 6th, in Anaheim on the 8th, in LA on the 10th, in San Jose on the 13th, and then they come back to the East Coast to play in Philly on the 15th, and then they'll have their next home game on January 19th, a Wednesday night at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we won't be able to watch the Rangers on home ice after tonight for quite a bit. But they've looked really good. I'm really impressed with, obviously, you know, with Mika Zibanejad. Um, Hopefully we get Panarin back soon. I don't think he'll be out more than the typical five-day quarantine period that the NHL announced last week. But we had a very exciting first half of the season, and I don't really think the Rangers are going to regress at all. So I'm really excited for this 2022 playoff push. The league has let Mika Zibanejad get hot. Hopefully he can turn this into a 10-game, 15-game span. But I'm really excited about everything going forward, and the West Coast trip is always a... A good sign to see where this team's headed. It's always encouraging to have a winning record on the West Coast trip every year. So a lot to be excited about this week. A lot of good matchups. A lot of fun teams that we're going against, especially Edmonton tonight and Anaheim Saturday. Anaheim's been a really fun team this year. Excited to see the Rangers go up against Trevor Zegras and the Anaheim Ducks. Before I send it over to Alexis Downey, I want to give a shout-out to Blue York. Like I talk about every single episode, Blue York is a fan-made brand that makes custom designs, content, and apparel for the blue shirts. If you want to get some cool t-shirts, hoodies, hats, anything, you name it, check out IamBlueYork.com or go to at IamBlueYork on Instagram. And when you go to their website, IamBlueYork.com, like I previously said, use code Johnny, J-O-N-M-Y to get 15% off of everything on their website. I hope everyone had a very happy new year. And that's all I've got for the intro. I'm going to send it over to my friend, Alexis Downey. As always, I'm very happy to welcome to the show my dear friend from Stadium, fresh off the winter classic. I hope you're warm by now. What's going on, Alexis? Alexis Downey, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, I don't think I'm quite warmed up yet because I am wearing this hat and I was just sitting on my couch and I was like, why am I still freezing? Like, I don't think I've ever been in temperatures that cold in my entire Actually, I take that back. I went skiing one time and it was like negative 30, but... This was like a whole different experience. Like it it was an amazing weekend.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you got to meet a lot of people also. And um, I saw you talk to Kenny Albert, which is really cool. Just like, can you kind of tell us maybe the coolest person you met throughout the weekend? I know there's a lot of big faces, a lot of big names at the Winter Classic. so. Um, any cool stories in regards to that?
0: Yeah. So I, I did get to talk to Kenny um, and that was originally supposed to be an in-person interview, um, but had to move it on to Zoom. But when I was at the game and after the first period, I went into the box and said hello to him and introduced myself to Keith Jones, who I've always been a fan of mm-hmm. when he was back on NBC as well. Um, And they were just so great and just saying how much they missed Edzo and they were texting him um, during the game as well, since he wasn't able to be there. But I I feel like it was just a lot of different media people from, you know, St. Louis or all over Minnesota. I thought it was really cool to see just all the different outlets that Minnesota has that I had no idea existed, but obviously a lot of people up there do because the hockey is just everywhere there and hearing like the, the Minnesota accents from people mm. too. Like, yeah. it, it was just kind of funny, just adding to the experience. But I think just being able to see the broadcast crew in action was one of the cooler things did attend, uh, the spit, spit and chicklets, uh, like party get together a little bit, whatever they may call it, meet and greet mm-hmm. before the game. Um, so I got to see those guys from afar. I didn't get to really chat with them, but um, there was so many fans everywhere. It was just very, very crazy in Minneapolis.
1: Yeah, I gotta give a shout out to a friend of the show, Avery Zresky, for hooking that up for you, which is awesome. And um, is that your first outdoor game? You know,
0: I yeah, yeah, very first.
1: So, what do you think? Did it uh, exceed your expectations, or was it kind of you know the same exact type you had in mind?
0: It was. It it exceeded my expectations for sure. I mean, I've my bucket list that was at the top. I've always wanted to go to a winter classic, cover it even better. Um, And it was just everything I wanted and more the cold, the snow, the fans, Minnesota hosting it, it. It was just unbelievable. And I think like one of the really unique parts about it is just like the work that goes into these events. Like I, I talked to a couple people um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he's in charge of hiring all the different contractors at mm-hmm. these NHL events. And he was telling me just how much work goes into that and how many people they have to hire and the scheduling and all of that. It's really unbelievable that the league is able to pull something like this off and, especially in this case, doing it in the freezing temperatures that it was Mm -hmm. and making sure that fans were safe, their employees were safe. Um, That was a big thing throughout the game. The PA announcer was saying, you know, if you're feeling really cold, go get help. There's warming stations. There's people all around. They were giving out hand warmers to fans. Um, Blankets were allowed in the stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, there were some Minnesotans that just didn't seem to Shorts or the t-shirt. The and t shirts. Exactly. <laughs> like maybe not t shirts, jackets and shorts. I don't uh-huh. know. It, it, it was pretty insane. I don't think I would ever even consider that, but mm. uh, the fans were loving it.
1: Yeah. Something that I love too that I think that NHL has done a great job with, like as the years have kind of gone on, this was the 13th one. But um, if you kind of remember back to Buffalo and then I think um, Chicago were like the first two and then Boston was the third, it didn't seem as though, you know, those years back that The game was like catered to the actual city, whereas like now, like on the field, I saw there was like people ice fishing and they made a bunch (laughs) of little pond hockey rinks like it seems like the NHL is doing a great job of like actually making it a city event as opposed to just like a hockey game that's outside. You know, it seems like a great way to just gather and unite the city that it's in.
0: It really was. And I think that's one of the things that I kind of struggled with throughout the game is there was so much going on that sometimes I found my attention just going to the pawn hockey game or the the lumberjacks that were like Mm. cutting wood on the side, like they had fake deer in the outfield. There was stuff going on everywhere. And I was trying to keep my mind trained to the game and in the press box you could hear the broadcast and it was like a couple seconds behind the actual game. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit confusing to kind of wrap your head around all of it. Um, Thomas Rhett performed during the first intermission. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was great. I actually was there when he was practicing. So I kind of knew what songs he was going to sing. I didn't, didn't tweet it. Didn't spoil that for anyone, Mm -hmm. but the whole thing was just like a spectacle essentially. And, but one of the things that I thought was, I I didn't get an answer to it, but I don't know if you noticed, but the Zambonis were like really small. Did you notice that?
1: Honestly, I didn't pay like that close of attention to it, (laughs) but I feel like they've gotten smaller over the years anyway i don't know i, really I don't yeah know.
0: they they were like really they almost looked like like little like fiat cars but like a grin and i was uh-huh. really far away being in the press box but uh-huh. it was just something i saw and i was like those don't look like normal zambonis which yeah. i guess maybe you have to get a different size one for being on a baseball field i don't know
1: yeah, but yeah, yeah.
0: um it it was kind of, kind of funny to see. Also, I did get the opportunity to skate on the ice on Mm -hmm. Thursday night with the media skate. And I haven't skated in like four years. So I was a little bit nervous because they had all these cameras and they were filming everything. And I was like, if I fall, this is going to be so embarrassing because the NHL is going to have this footage and who knows what they would, you know, make a video of like, Oh, this Mm. skate is happening or whatever but um, I did a good job. I didn't fall. And um, it was hands down one of the coolest things that I have ever done.
1: Yeah. The video you sent me, you looked like you still had it, but I also, (laughs) I I thought I saw, I don't know if you noticed this, but I thought I saw one of the wild players fall in the individual intro. Did you see that?
0: I, I didn't No, I didn't notice that
1: the camera went right to the next guy quickly, but in the corner of the TV, I could have sworn I saw the wild player fall.
0: You know the the introductions were like really far out, mm-hmm. and when that was happening, I again my attention span was just kind of yeah. everywhere, so I might have missed. I that could have happened, and I missed it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say one more thing. Um, you know, while we're on the topic, we're gonna talk a little bit more about it. But as a viewer who you know I've only been to one outdoor game I actually I played in one in college which I'll brag about quickly but um, as far as going I went to like a stadium series game Rangers Islanders Yankee Stadium which was also at night under the lights and I feel like as a viewer you know on the TV or whatever it's so much easier to watch the game when it's at night under the lights as opposed to during the day when there's a glare in the sun I don't know if you felt like you were a bigger fan of the game being at night in the dark under the lights kind of makes it pretty cool or if you prefer the daytime you know make maybe a little bit warmer outside but Um, did you have any like perspective on just nighttime, daytime?
0: I definitely would agree. I liked the nighttime game because of that ease of being able to watch it. Um, Mm. and I was at the the stadium a lot during the day and with all of the snow that they had on the field, it was kind of hard to not necessarily to differentiate the boards Mm. and everything, but I think that would have made a difference from the stands and the viewer perspective Um, And I think from a broadcast perspective, it was better to have that game being at night for TNT just because like, it didn't necessarily run into the time of the Rose bowl. I know a little bit with that, not, not that that was on the same, you know, Turner didn't have that game, but Mm -hmm. just from a sports perspective, I think having that game at night for television was better for the NHL as well.
1: Completely agree. Yeah. And I want to ask you just, you know, last thing to wrap up the winter classic if you could pick I I don't know if they they didn't announce next year's venue yet or next year's matchup, but if you can pick one sports venue between two teams, where would you want to see either the next one or just one in the future?
0: This is an interesting thing because I saw a lot of people that had uh, that worked for the NHL that had the Tahoe jackets on from last Mm. year. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing that they have ever done. And it was such a shame that they couldn't have fans there. So I think, I don't know necessarily about the teams, but doing another outdoor game in a unique setting rather than just a stadium, like I know that the, the, like the heritage classic that they're going to have later this year up in Canada, like that is in a football stadium, Mm. but it is like the Canadian team. So it's a little bit of that. I I feel like it's more, maybe the culture around it is a little different, but Mm. I would like to see it just kind of in another unique setting. Like I love like the mountain look or like the lake. I I don't know. I love Tahoe so much that I would just, I I would love to see that again, or somewhere that's kind of similar, maybe like, um, Banff in Alberta, that would be really cool. I don't know how they could pull that off, but (laughs) Maybe there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I've been trying to think of a cool venue also. Like a part of me was thinking Red Rocks for a second. I don't know if they can even do that. I don't think they could like take the stage down and put a rink there. But um, I mean, that would be pretty sick, I think. And then I was trying to think of like a cool place, obviously out west. Like I was thinking Arizona as well. Um, obviously, it's so hard to put a nice hockey rink in January in the desert. Um, you know, I would love to see the, the Florida Panthers <laughs> play against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a winter classic, but I don't know when the hell they could do that. Unless they had like a neutral site, um, just because that rivalry's gotten so exciting over the last couple of years, and that'd be really right. cool to see those two teams outdoors. But um, as far as like just like the actual possibilities, I feel like you know I thought you were gonna bring this one up, but PNC Park. I feel like you can't really beat that background with the hockey rink. I think that'd be so sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I have, I feel like they've definitely. They did done it in Heinz Field.
1: It was Heinz Field. Yeah, Penguins, yeah. Penguins I'm and, thinking perhaps. Uh,
0: I wonder if they did any like high school or local because hockey is pretty big in general in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. That would be cool though. It, it is a great skyline. San Francisco, they could probably oh, never yeah. have it there, but that's another ballpark that would be really cool to see. Yeah.
1: San Jose Sharks, that'd be in. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: So they could maybe go there, but. Those are just some ideas, I guess, but I feel like we're so lucky to have hockey back again and Mm -hmm. leading up to this game. I mean, like this is all I've kind of been focusing on, so I haven't necessarily watched as much and with the holidays and everything, but it's, it's been so great to have this pause ending. And I know obviously there's been a lot of other postponements and a lot of conversation around the league, whether the COVID protocols, how they're going to play out for the rest of the season. But I'm just happy that we have games on TV again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really do anything in the last 10 days besides watch sports. So it was really nice for me to have hockey back. Although I did bet on the Edmonton Oilers like two or three games in a row and they lost in overtime, I think every single time. So that was kind of a heartbreaking uh, experience for me each, each time. But, um, you know, obviously, like you said, it's great to have hockey back. Hopefully there's no more long pauses. I know the Islanders have one coming up for uh, 12 days because of their West coast trip, which makes sense. Um, And I know the Olympic break obviously is going to play a factor in some way, but now that we're kind of headed into the second half of the season, are there any teams that you expect or think or want to turn it around and maybe make the playoffs, even though they had a horrible or maybe below average start?
0: Well, I know that we're going to be talking about the Canucks later. So Mm. that's been an interesting story that's developed in another team. Penguins that have been on a great win streak. They, you were tweeting about them earlier. They almost blew that game. I got <laughs> yeah. home and I turned it on and I was like, what happened? Like they know how to start a game, but you got to finish a game. And they, they were able to hang on, you know, two hat tricks. But, um,
1: let me also say that I, I love that I- you called me out on that. Cause I felt like an idiot when I tweeted that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's tomorrow night, uh, which would be Monday night, uh-huh. will likely be big Ben's last game at Heinz field. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been such a big deal for them to be playing Monday night against the Browns. I should have but any, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I feel like for me, I mean, I've, I've been looking obviously at the penguins a little bit and just seeing how that they've progressed and their injuries and all that. Evan Rodriguez is playing really well. Mm-hmm. He had his very first hat trick today. Um, and, you know, the, the goaltending, Casey DeSmith played today, and that was like his first game since early December. Um, so it kind of shows that, you know, Tristan Jari is kind of getting in his groove again, which is good. Um, so I, I think that for them, they're going to con- continue to get better in the Metro. As far as some other teams, I don't know. I feel like it, this has kind of been a weird year, you know?
1: Yeah. The one team that like stands out to me, obviously, you know, aside from the – pretty obvious ones being the Canucks and the Penguins. And, um, you know, I, I think actually a surprising one that's not doing very well was Philly, although they're kind of turning it around right now. So they're like an obvious one as well. But the Chicago Blackhawks, I feel like, you know, for you especially too, they had the most horrendous start probably in the last 20 years. And they've turned it around as of late. And I think they're playing right now against Calgary and the score of that game. They're actually down two to one right now against Calgary. But I expect with that roster and flurry and, you know all these big name, star-studded guys that they can try to turn it around, figure out a way to make the playoffs, and who knows, maybe even win a playoff series because they look pretty good. I, I've actually watched them a little bit in the last couple of days, and you know before the long pause. And I, like, this team obviously has all the skill in the world to do it. Um, it's just a matter of, of time before they put it together.
0: Yeah, I, I think you have a good point there, and you know they just got Flurry back off the COVID protocol. I think that. Their team and their office is in a better place now. You know, things have kind of settled down a little bit to some extent. They're going to be hosting the ABS this week, which I think is a pretty big game for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see it. I think before the season, I had said that they're kind of a wild card for me. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. And if they do, it's going to kind of be in that wild card spot. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm sold on them quite yet
1: yeah i mean as i mean as far as other teams go there aren't many others that i think you know maybe dallas dallas is like a really good team i think that can maybe you know figure yeah. out a way to make a push they're an interesting one for me but then again like the goaltending you know jake ottinger good but he's so young that i don't know if he can really carry them to the playoffs but there aren't really many other teams that i feel like can just go on a crazy long run i mean I, you know i know i say it all the time and my cousin calls me out every fucking episode because i Talk. I talk good about the Islanders, and I'm a Rangers fan. But I think the Islanders are one of those teams too that can turn it around once they're fully healthy. But yeah, as far as the other teams go, like I just don't. I don't believe in that many teams that didn't have great starts. You know, those those just a couple for me: the Stars, Islanders, and Blackhawks. But I do know we want to talk about the Canucks, like you just said before. Eight zero and one under Bruce Rudrow, pretty insane. I bet on them the other night against Seattle, which was nice. And I've learned that betting against the Seattle Kraken is a very profitable bet. Prop, profitable <laughs> bet. So for anyone that does take my bets or does follow me on the betting stuff, I'm probably going to bet against the Kraken every night. That's a new strategy I have. Um, But yeah, I mean, what have you liked or seen from the Canucks? Anything stand out to you?
0: It's been really great to see them emerge. Um, And I feel like they just have such a new life under them. Um, And I know for uh, Thatcher Demko in that, he he has been in the mix with some of those goaltenders that have been playing well um, throughout this season. I think he has about, I think it's 15 wins now. So he's, that's something that I think is obviously helping them. There's a lot of things that are helping them, but Boudreau is really taking the reins of this team. And we said it like, is he going to turn this team around? And I mean, I I think he has, honestly. Um, It's still early, but they're on a good good start for it
1: yeah they're only three points behind the oilers right now for that second wild card spot and you know what like what we're about to talk about is that the Oilers have been pretty shit lately um mcdavid and dry look great obviously but the rest of the team just can't get it figured out i don't really know what's going on um you know this was a team that was on a tear they're the best offense in the league best power play in the league but can't seem to get a way to figure it out and you know we've obviously talked about it before about how John Tortorella made the comment about McDavid changing his game and stuff. And I think we're both on the same page where we don't think he has to. But I don't know what it's going to take for the Oilers to really just put it together and be a dominant Stanley Cup contender.
0: Yeah, you know, it's such a... I feel like every year we kind of end up having this conversation. Like, the Oilers are defined by Leon Seidel and Connor McDavid. And, like, what what is their identity outside of that i mm-hmm. it's you know it, it's hard you can't write them off obviously because of you know their stars but how how do they find a balance with their team and kind of make it so it's they're more cohesive i guess mm-hmm. and i feel like they're at a point where you know maybe this is their downtime in the season but they know they can pick it up you know like it's it's one of those things that maybe it's just the time of the year and things are just kind of at a low point for them. I think.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I I don't know if you want to go into our three best matchups and, and best bets for the week, but you know, while we're on the topic of the Oilers, I did want to go into my first one. If you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Oilers in Toronto on Wednesday night. And, you know, like I said, the Oilers have lost their last two in a row in overtime to the devils and the Islanders. And they're obviously in Madison square garden tonight against the Rangers you know after the rangers coming off a big four nothing win against tampa bay i don't know if the oilers are going to win this one if i was betting on this game which i'm not cuz i usually don't bet on the rangers uh i probably would be taking the rangers just because it just seems like the oilers can't figure it out but then again they have a pretty tough schedule coming up like i said wednesday night oilers in toronto probably no fans in the building which sucks so i don't know how yeah. that one's going to play out i mean that's a hard part too right like i love watching games but it's so much harder to watch when there's no fans there's like you need the energy from the fans to really enjoy watching but anytime Matthews and McDavid go against each other it's it's obviously must watch tv but it's definitely going to be a tough one to to get up for that's for sure
0: yeah it's really weird to think about the fact that we just had a game with 38,000 fans in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and then you go to Canada and there are no fans at their games granted I know this game was outside but think about how packed in everyone is and it's not like I don't think masks were required or anything granted most people had them on because it was so cold but it is a really weird thing to think about how split the league is right now with that. Yeah. I think for my best bets this week, I'm just going to kind of take a gamble at some of this since I have been a little bit off the radar with watching games as much, um, as of recent. So, you know, I know, Nashville just broke their streak, uh, their their win streak. um, Mm. And it looks like they're playing Vegas on Tuesday, but that is in the fortress. So I'll take Vegas in that one because you really can't, as you've always said, you can't not pick the home team, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll take that one on Tuesday night. Um, Probably not the most exciting matchup, but if Nashville kind of gets their feet or their skates again, might not be a bad one.
1: Do you want to go into your second also do you want me to go I feel like it's nice to go one two
0: yeah go ahead
1: um okay I'll go uh then so I said Wednesday night seven o'clock Oilers in Toronto and then I'm gonna skip to no not Friday um skip to Thursday and the Minnesota Wild coming off the Winter Classic are in Boston um you know two pretty good teams two teams that could be low-key contenders to make a playoff run. I obviously love watching the Boston Bruins because, you know, Patrice Bergeron and, and Brad Marchand and McAvoy and Pasternak obviously on the East Coast, just unbelievable players. And the Wild this year, a team that's very interesting, and um, I'm curious to see how they respond after that Winter Classic loss. So I think that's, that's my second one. I didn't say who I think is going to win. Um, I'll probably go with Boston even though it's not until Thursday night, but um, Boston has looked good. They won overtime the other day. Charlie Coyle had that nice overtime goal after they came back from down 3-1 to against the Sabres, so I think Boston's look good as of late, but um, you know, it could surprise me how the Minnesota wild react to that loss.
0: Well, I can tell you that the fans were pretty upset with the game, um, obviously because they, they really just didn't show up so well um, in the second period, but kind of going off that the St. Louis blues are playing the penguins on Wednesday night in the TNT game. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, and I'm kind of, leaning towards the blues after what I saw from them on Saturday night, I think that the blues might be the team to break the penguins win streak right now.
1: Yeah. The blues looked really good the other night, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did
1: from the first minute. I actually, uh, I, I didn't like know what to really expect going into that game. Cause I, I thought Minnesota would definitely have the advantage. I think Minnesota is the better mm-hmm. like team on paper, but um, people forget that the blues won the Stanley cup like two years ago. Like they're still, yeah. you know, to their core, they're still that team. I know they lost Petrangelo and they lost a guy like Jaden Schwartz, um, you know, but they still have the big guns like Tarasenko, Pareko, Bennington, and Nett. Like they're still a very good team, Braden Chen. Um, so yeah, don't, don't I wouldn't ride off St. Louis either, you know, later on in the year, but no, that's definitely a good matchup to watch. And I think the Penguins will win that. I think the Penguins will win that game, honestly.
0: Okay. I know, so maybe so I'll go against you.
1: One. Yeah, I'll go against you. Yeah, we're one.
0: split. Okay.
1: And then my last one, I'll head down south. I think it's becoming somewhat of a rivalry this year just because both teams have been really good. But Florida in Carolina, um, you know, two teams five years ago, probably no one really care about. But this year they've become two of the most fun teams to watch, I think, in the NHL, especially Florida, after putting up nine goals the other night. I mean, they look unbelievable offensively. Jonathan Huberto is becoming a household name superstar in the NHL.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a good game to watch for sure. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've been high on the Panthers for a while, so Carolina, obviously a really good team right now too. uh, Ooh, third. Ooh, there's another (laughs) penguins and flyers are playing this week. How did I miss that? I hate to pick another. I feel like I've just talked about Pittsburgh, this whole,
1: you're totally fine. I I do it every now and then it's okay.
0: Yeah. You know what? Okay. So since I said that they're going to lose on Wednesday, they're going to beat the flyers in Philadelphia on Thursday.
1: I like that pick as well. So you think they'll get back on track after they lose to the blues?
0: Yes. Yep. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, that's all I've got, unless you got anything else to, to wrap it up for this week, but um, you know, obviously, yeah, No,
0: I, I feel like I'm starting to warm up. Honestly, <laughs> might be the lights, but mm-hmm. now I finally feel like I'm starting to warm up. So that's, that's all I have this week.
1: Well, yeah, as always, I want to thank you for joining and uh, you know, it's going to be really good to have regular hockey on again this week. And We'll reconvene next week and I'll keep track of those bets. I know we got a big one Wednesday night, me versus you. So,
0: All uh, right. Sounds anyway. good, Johnny.
1: Talk to you later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.